Welcome to another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church. Well, half the year's gone. So it's half time. So today we're going to have a half time message. It's like a football game. Half time, you catch a little bit of time to catch your breath. So let's pray that God will speak to us. Father, we thank you for your goodness. Thank you for all that you've done in the first six months of this year. So many amazing breakthroughs and transformations and salvations, ministries that have grown, people who have stepped up to new areas of service in the community. Lord, we just thank you for your blessing. Speak to us now through your living word, we pray in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Let's take our seats. Wow, hard to believe six months have gone by, hey? And uh, we've seen so many lives transformed. New people have joined our church. People have stepped up and are serving in new places of responsibility in their workplace, in ministry and service. And uh, it's good to have halftime. I used to play football when I was young. And halftime, you'd sort of uh, really look forward to a quick break. They'd give you those hot oranges, which is just really what, not what you really wanted to eat after you've been out there hot and, and they get it, you get your mouth all sticky. I'm thinking, they probably gave us some energy, but a nice cold a drink of water would have been better, or juice. But uh, half time, you stop and think, because the first half, you go flat out with all the adrenaline and all the excitement of the game. At half time, you stop and evaluate, well, what did we achieve in the first half? Maybe you're winning, maybe you're losing. Um, and you realize second half, you're not going to have quite as much energy because you've used a lot up in the first half. But you've also got time to evaluate your performance and the other teams and you'll probably become more strategic and more effective in the second half. And so that's a bit like that for a year in church and service. We set out at the beginning of this year more than we've ever seen. And we've seen God do some incredible things, but we're believing for more. Psalm 23. I want to look at, reflect on Psalm 23 today. A well-known psalm that some of you have learned off by heart and have quoted. But today I want to just uh, walk through this. And I read it recently in the Passion Version, which is a newer version of the Scriptures that is just very refreshing. It's got some great word pictures in there. I want to read the 23rd Psalm in the Passion. The Lord is my best friend and my shepherd. I always have more than enough. We're going to come back and just walk through this verses in a minute. Verse 2, He offers a resting place for me in His luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Verse 4, Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me for you already have. Wow, that's a powerful thought. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I'll never be lonely for you are near. You became, you become my delicious feast even when my enemies dare to fight. You anoint me with the fragrance of your Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of you until my heart overflows. So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence to be forever with you. Isn't that a beautiful uh, description 
of the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. I just want to just walk through this a little bit, um, looking at the 23rd Psalm in and it's a, it's a time of reflection back on the first six months of the year. It's a looking forward with excitement and hope for the future. So verse 1, the Lord is my best friend and my shepherd. We need to stop there for a moment. Is he your best friend? If you've got a best friend, guess what? You don't talk once every six months. You connect and communicate often and regularly. And the Lord wants us to be prayer in worship, in fellowship, and including your best friend in the journey of life. And we could spend all morning just chatting about that. And, and I believe that Jesus wants to be our best friend. Sometimes we just get busy doing and we're task oriented and we've got plenty of goals and challenges and achievements. And that's all good. Lots of relationships in our world. But Jesus wants to be our best friend and our shepherd. We need to allow him to be our shepherd and we need to choose to make him our best friend. And this paragraph is really powerful. I always have more than enough. Wow, wow, wow. Do you serve a God of not enough, just enough, or more than enough? It says, I'll not be in want. You say, well, I'm not sure if that's the, the if I look back in the last six months of my life, I'm not quite sure that's the truth. Jesus wants to be so close to us, more than enough for any situation. More than enough, not just with finance or food. More than enough with emotional connection. More than enough with mental capacity. More than enough physical strength. More than enough, even when things go wrong, He's more than enough. And that's what He wants to prove Himself to be over and over and over in our lives. And truly... There's so much change happening in our world with technology, with uh, work roles, with uh, all sorts of things happening, education and health. You know, those that are in the medical profession, every year there's so much incredible advances. You know, now they do operations while they look at a camera and, they, and all the equipments and camera inside of you, they're looking at a screen doing operations. Who would imagine 50 years ago that's how they do operations? There's so many incredible, we can, do, we can go to university and sit at home in our pyjamas while we're doing our university online. Who would imagine that would have happened 20 years ago? There are so many incredible advances and changes happening. Sometimes when technology doesn't work, it's very frustrating. You've actually got to pull out a pen and paper and start writing again. Some of you don't even know how to use those anymore. And so there's so much change happening in our world, but Jesus wants to be more than enough for us in whatever rapid changes are happening in our crazy world we live in. More than enough. Verse 2, he offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. Well, what a beautiful picture that is. A rest. Remember at halftime today? So we're just having a moment to rest in his beautiful love. We did that while we were worshipping. We do that by a choice. Lord, we just take some time to rest in your amazing love, your luxurious love, your incredibly beautiful love that touches us, that grabs our imagination, that quickens our senses, that touches all that we are. That's his luxurious love. Once again, we've got to choose to make some space for that to happen. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace. Peace is a gift of God. 
It's a place. I hear some babies happening today. Those young parents, you know, peace is a great gift. Even a sleep's a great gift. (laughs) We did a panel here on Thursday. Tim was on the panel and a couple of times his brain just just couldn't focus. He said, this is baby brain because I'm not getting any sleep. Poor guy. (laughs) He'd just get halfway through a sentence and then couldn't remember. And we all go through seasons in life, at work, at home, in ministry. And God offers, He takes us to a place, Oasis of Peace, the quiet brook of bliss. Boy, that sounds idealistic, doesn't it? But that's, that's what He promises in Psalm 23. Finding that place of rest and connection. And in the busyness of life, sometimes just five minutes, just two minutes, just sometimes a moment, you can reconnect with that in your heart and your soul. When, the, when there's uh, and, and life's happening and demands and pressures, you can say, Lord, you are my peace. You are the Prince of Peace. Lord, I connect with you again right now when the deadlines are there and when the pressure's on. Lord, you're our peace when you get that bad health report or you look at your job for the next week and think, how on earth am I going to get all that done in the next week? Or in the next six months, what I want to achieve by the end of this year. Lord, help me to live in your peace and your overflow. Verse 3, he restores my soul. This is a very powerful verse. That's where he restores and revives my life. What a promise. He restores my soul. What's your soul? My mind, your emotions and feelings and your will. So he comes. The word salvation is sozo, which means wholeness. So God wants to restore wholeness to our whole being. And he does that in all sorts of beautiful ways. He he restores wholeness by the friends and the people we have in the family of God. He restores relationships. He restores our minds as we let the word soak in, as we read inspiring books. He, he, He brings healing into our souls, dealing with rejection and unforgiveness and all those areas. And Bevan and Carol here do an amazing sozo ministry in the team. That's another tool that helps us come into more wholeness. We choose to keep responding and letting Him have His way in our lives. And uh, it says, He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in His footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to His name. Wow, that's a choice every day. That's a choice every day. We can choose every day to get up and go for our morning walk to keep fit. Or we can say, no, not today, we'll do it tomorrow, and tomorrow's never comes. And so some of us don't do, do those physical things to keep us fit and healthy and well because we just put it off. Same with our walk with God. We can choose every day, say, Lord, here's my soul, keep restoring, keep reviving it, keep replenishing my mind. Lord, keep, keep stirring it up so that I can be as whole as possible to minister life to my family and friends. Verse 4. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me for you already have. Wow, just think about that. Fear can't conquer us because we've already surrendered our life to him and he has conquered our souls and lives in the center of our being. He fills our minds and our hearts. So fear can't run anxiety and pressure will try and overwhelm us. But each time it comes, we say, Lord, you and your love overwhelms me. Lord, I'm surrendered to you. 
You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. Last week we talked about um, the authority that we have. Thanks be to God who always gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have authority in His name. We have authority in the Word of God. We have authority in the finished work of the cross. We have authority because the blood of Jesus has cleansed us. And we need to exercise it and use that authority on our lives. It's a key that unlocks things. Not just to cruise along and say, oh, well, this is just my lot in life. No, you can help change that by connecting with the authority in Jesus' name. It says, the comfort of your love takes away my fear. Wow, have a think about that. When you feel loved and secure and safe, fear's got no place to land in your life. But if you're not sure you're loved and you're not sure that you're accepted and forgiven, then fear has a whole lot of places can try and drive you and rule in your soul. But with the Lord, it says, the comfort of your love takes away my fear. We all have fears, but you don't have to let them rule you. You don't have to let them control you. I remember when we first moved into our house, we had kangaroos hopping around our yard and we still have them there. And I remember a first night or two there, we'd wake up with a fright and we'd hear this noise outside. And someone, is someone coming? Then I'd listen a bit longer and realize, no. That's a kangaroo hopping past the bedroom window, not someone trying to break in. And your heart can just thump a little bit when, uh, when you're not sure. And we all have fears come bouncing past our door, but we don't have to let our hearts be controlled by the fear of the future, by am I good enough, am I strong enough, am I healthy enough, can I handle that pressure, can I walk through the challenges, can I take all the opportunities God's given me in ministry and leadership and keep stepping up and see His provision. Don't let fear rule you. And I love 1 John 4.18, it says, There is no fear in love, dread does not exist, but complete, but perfect, complete, full-grown love drives out fear because fear involves the expectation of divine punishment. So the one who is afraid of God's judgment, is not perfected in love, has not grown into a sufficient understanding of God's love. God's perfect love drives out fear. I've said this before, but I'll say it again. I used to pray for courage when I was afraid. Now I pray for more love. Because when I feel fully loved and surrounded and protected and secure, there's no place for fear to rule in my soul. And it's the same in relationships. When a little child is looking around for mum or dad and they're, they're feeling lost, as soon as they see them and they're embraced in and feel loved, they, they, their fear goes and they just snuggle back and relax. That's, that's what God wants us to do with Him every day. Every day. When the fears come, wow, that's, that's a challenging situation. Well, that could turn out really bad and you can let fear run in your mind or your heart. You get an ache in your body and if you let fear ruler, then you've got terminal illness by, by 10 o'clock that night. You haven't even been to a doctor or anything checked. Fear will take you down pathways that are so destructive. And 99% of the things that you fear never even come to pass and yet they drain our energy. They drain our energy today for what we're afraid might happen tomorrow and it never happens tomorrow so we live depleted for today. That's a tool of the enemy to rob your energy and strength. And we need to come back to this psalm regularly and say, 
I will fear no evil, for you are with me. His love drives out fear. So whenever fear comes knocking, say, God, I'm loved by you. I love you. Lord, let your love fill my heart so I'm not drained or overwhelmed. And doesn't mean you avoid facing challenges or conflict or situations, but you're at a place of strength and peace to walk through it. And someone said, if you're walking through the valley of fear or death, if you feel like life's hell, don't st- stop there. Just keep walking because you'll come out the other side. The temptation is to give up when you're feeling overwhelmed. But if you just keep walking and saying, God, this is a tough day today, but I'm going to trust you tomorrow's better. And you just got to keep walking and God will bring you through because that's his promise and his nature. Verse 5, you, became, you become my delicious feast even when my enemies dare to fight. You anoint me with the fragrance of your Holy Spirit. What a beautiful picture that is. Some people just carry a presence, a fragrance, an, an essence of life. You give me all I can drink of you until my heart overflows. Wow, what a picture that is. This week as we had the Holy Spirit encounter the pastor, I was praying on the Tuesday morning and these are the two words God gave me for the conference. Receive and release. Receive His presence, His love, His hope, His truth, His wisdom. As you receive and then as you release it to others, it's amazing you get a fulfilling life. Receive and release. We struggle to receive sometimes because we don't think we're worthy enough, we're not good enough, we're not experienced enough, we're too old or too young, or we might mess it up, or we've got blockages in our souls. But I've learned that the more open I am to receive and then I'm willing to release it, God keeps pouring it through me and just keeps trusting you in your workplace. So Lord, give me wisdom to help solve these issues. Lord, I want to be a peacemaker and sort out some of the conflict in our office and I'm going to be a peacemaker to help bring that to pass. It's amazing when you make a choice to receive and release that God will keep trusting you with more and more and more to bless other people's lives. And you then feel confident to keep stepping up. John 7.37 says, Then on the most important day of the feast, the last day, Jesus stood and shouted out to the crowds, All you thirsty ones, come to me. Come to me and drink. Believe in me so that rivers of living water will burst out from within you. Oh, some people are just overflowing. They're bursting. It's like a kid bursting with excitement. You know, it's their birthday. And and their friends come over for the party. They're just so excited. They're just bursting with excitement. I remember one of our kids, I won't name which one, but one of them, I think it was about their fourth birthday and all their friends were coming over. When the, when the doorbell rang and the first one, they got so excited, they just ran, ran round and round the house and in the backyard for about five minutes because they were just so excited. You couldn't, you couldn't slow them down. They were just screaming with delight. It's my birthday and all my friends are coming. They just ran round around the yard just, yahoo! The whole neighbor must have wondered what was going on. They were bursting with excitement. How long is it since you were just so excited about being a follower of Jesus that you were bursting with excitement? You couldn't wait to get to church. Well, you couldn't wait to say, God, today I'm believing you're going to flow through me and touch some broken life with hope. You don't have to run around the streets waving your arms and screaming. But your heart is bursting with an overflow of his love and hope. How awesome is that? When, when your, your soul is just overflowing with, 
a deep peace that passes understanding. With an excitement saying, God, there's a mess in that household, but with you, I believe you can turn it around. Wow. God, with your grace, you can touch that broken heart, bring healing and hope to their world. I think God wants a few more excited kids in his kingdom. Really excited kids. <laughs> that, are, that are just saying, wow, today I'm going to believe, Lord, just send me someone that I can share, sow a seed of hope to their soul. I, I just love it. That's what gets me out of bed every day. I can't wait for Sundays because I know God's going to do some amazing things. For, for days during the week because you just never know. You just never know what's going to happen. And I, I live with this divine excitement that every day can be a blessed day. And I believe God wants us to have that rivers of living water flowing out of our hearts. Verse 6 in Psalm 23. So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, I'll redeem your glorious presence to be forever with you. That translation that we're used to, your love and mercy will follow me all the days of life, is not strong enough. If you look at the original meaning of that word follow, it's pursue. The Lord's pursuing you every day. It's like a parent chasing after a child that doesn't want to eat their food or doesn't want to put a jumper on or something. It's like a parent chasing them. You don't give up until you catch them. Guess what? God pursues us every day to pour love and goodness and kindness over our lives. Some of us are really hard to catch because we're diving in and out of things and we're so busy on our tasks and our agenda and our this and our that. And God says, well, I'm just going to keep pursuing you until I catch up with you every day to pour in this over your life. That's the picture we've got. I will pursue you every day. I'll keep pursuing you. That's why people that are not yet Christians, guess what? God's pursuing them all over our city and up and down the beaches and up in, in our homes. He's pursuing because he says he, he, will, wants, he does not give up and strives with all men to come to repentance. God's love is pursuing our lives. And he wants to pour in his love, his mercy, his goodness over us so that we can be fulfilled and whole and then share it with others. Wow. Luke 4.18 in the Passion said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Jesus reading this prophetic word from Isaiah 61. He has anointed me to be hope for the poor, freedom for the brokenhearted, and new eyes for the blind, and to preach to prisoners, you are set free. I have come to share the message of Jubilee, for the time of God's great acceptance has begun. Wow. Wow, receive and release. All God gives you is for you to be blessed so that and you can pass it on. To pass it on. Like a parent, you, you pass on to your kids. As a leader, you pass on to those that you work with. <coughs> receive and release. The Amplified says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me. The anointed one, the Messiah, to preach the good news, the gospel to the poor. He sent me to announce release to the captives, Recovery of sight to the blind, to send forth as delivered those who are oppressed, who are downtrodden, bruised, crushed, and broken down by calamity. Wow, if you went door knocking in your street or neighborhood, it wouldn't take you long to find one or more people that you could tick those boxes for. All around, sadly. In a church this size, any given day, there's some people who would be ticking some of those boxes that God's grace is there to touch you. His love, He's the Good Shepherd, He's coming. To proclaim the accepted and 
acceptable year of the Lord, the day when salvation, the free favor of God, profusely abound. Wow, wow, wow. Isaiah 53, 3 to 5, we often talk about this at communion time. Prophetically of Jesus, it says, He was despised and rejected and forsaken by men, a man of sorrows and pains, and acquainted with grief and sickness, and like one from whom men hide their faces. He was despised, and we did not appreciate his worth or have any esteem for him. Surely he has borne our griefs, sicknesses, weaknesses, and distresses, and carried out our sorrows and pains of punishment, yet we ignorantly consider him smitten, stricken, and afflicted by God as if with leprosy. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our guilt and iniquities. The chastisement needful to obtain peace and well-being for us was upon him. And with the stripes that wounded him, we are healed and made whole. Physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually. Wholeness for us so we can pass it on to others. That's, that's the beauty that we have. So at half time today of this year, we just take a few moments to... Look at Psalm 23 and realize, hey, we've got an amazing shepherd. We've got a Lord who provides for our needs. We've got someone who walks the journey with us. We've got someone who helps us face our fears, wondering how our kids or grandkids are going to turn out. We've got someone who's there to help us in our finance. We've got someone there as you're stepping out in your study or ministry or leadership. Don't step back. Keep stepping forward and believe for more because that's the God that we serve and leads us by His Spirit. 2 Corinthians 3.17, as we wrap it up today, says, Whenever, though they turn to face God as Moses did, God removes the veil, and there they are, face to face. Oh, beautiful. They suddenly recognize that God is a living, personal presence, not a piece of chiseled stone. And when God is personally present, a living spirit That old, constricting legislation is recognized as obsolete. We're free of it. All of us. Nothing between us and God. Our face is shining with the brightness of His face. And so we are transfigured. Much like the Messiah, our lives gradually become brighter and more beautiful as God enters our lives and we become like Him. What a beautiful thought that is. Our lives gradually become brighter and more beautiful as God enters our lives and we become like Him. Wow. Is He your good shepherd? Are you letting Him be your best friend? Is He the one that's walking through your challenges or you're ministering to others that help them walk through their challenges? Stay tuned for another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church.